Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we continue on this wonderful journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals and messages to us and through us. Welcome back everyone. Here we are, episode nine. And to start off, I'd like to read you a love letter from July 6th of 2020. This morning there was a bird perched on my window ledge, and it was so calm and curious, looking in, ready to know me. I may connect with many people in my grand life, and I may disconnect as well. Hellos and goodbyes often come in pairs, and I keep getting to greet myself each day like that bird. Good morning, Michaela. I love and appreciate you. Your presence on earth today is something to celebrate. And sometimes I feel disenchanted with life and I blame it on the world or I blame it on myself or on my circumstances. But really, I've just disconnected momentarily from myself and the big warm hello that washes over me upon my return is so sweet and cherished. Leaving and arriving ebbing and flowing. Knowing myself and loving myself is like breathing. I can do it with intention, but even when I forget, it's still happening. Love sustains me and carries me. Today I breathe deep in celebration of my love affair. So many things to touch on today. I want to talk about choice I want to talk about beliefs and I want to circle back to something I shared in this letter of the idea of the rhythm of breathing in our lives, the ebb and flow of things. So let's dig in. Um, First off, I wanted to let you all know I had a really lovely birthday celebration on Wednesday. It was so fun to know that the podcast was out and people would get to hear it while I was just spending some, some really nourishing time with people I love. And I am doing my gratitude practice each day, and that's going really well. I'll keep you all posted on that. And another thing that I've been doing is something I want to spend some time talking about on today's podcast, which is uh, I've been doing tapping every single day on a very specific thing. So we'll get to that in a little bit too. And tapping, if you guys don't know already, is something I've mentioned in previous episodes, but it's it's basically like a kind of like a healing modality where you tap with your fingertips on certain acupressure points on your face and body. And those help to calm the nervous system. And tapping has been used in kind of in conjunction with words and ideas and suggestions, or even like kind of going back in time and remembering things and There's a lot you can do while you're tapping, basically. Um, And the combination of tapping while you do that seems to have a really powerful effect. It can move us through the process of grief or through any kind of trauma or or emotional response in in an expedited way, which is really nice uh, because it sends a calming signal to the brain, the nervous system, that you're okay. So I think it allows us to basically unwind the tension from experiences and to come more into the present moment, more into what's real, what's true. And it's uh, it's really cool. So I, I plan to talk more about that today. 
And so I've been doing tapping every day, actually since um, a few days before my birthday. And so that's been really great too. So let's dive in. Number one, choice. I've really been thinking a lot about how much choice relates to two things that I really love. One, freedom. And two, gosh, what is the second thing? (laughs) I guess it's this sense of feeling empowered, right? And I think freedom and power are two things that definitely overlap. They definitely relate a lot. And they're also distinct and unique. And I think choice and remembering how much choice we have is one of the most empowering things. So remembering you have a choice, that you always have a choice, to me is really valuable. And and I think that's a lot of what this podcast is about. It's about the choice I made to consciously cultivate more self-love. And that's what I knew I needed. Or that's what I, I don't know, had the had the inquiry of maybe this would be helpful. <laughs> I don't know if I knew I needed it back in 2020. But I made a choice to explore that. And, and then I made a choice each day to spend time with that. And part of my hope and my mission with this podcast is to share this idea that you can really choose what you're focusing on and you can really choose what you are spending your time on and what you're bringing into your life, what you're paying attention to. For me, so much of my life has benefited from choosing to love, choosing my perspective, choosing to be free, choosing to be empowered, and choosing to take what's useful and and leave the rest. I don't have to take on a whole thing just to get the gems from it. And so I see that year-long love letter project as choosing to love. I was really choosing to explore what it felt like to love myself, to love the future possibility of someone I could be with, to love life, to notice how I felt loved and supported by life. And that ties into perspective, right? I I was starting to choose and explore a different perspective of life rather than hmm, anything other than love to see love and help in more and more of what was coming my way. And I think part of why that was helpful and why I even still find it helpful is the idea of seeing whatever is presented to me not as oh, woe is me. Oh, why do I have to deal with this? This is so hard. I don't like it. It's too much. To instead see it as, wow, I'm being given this opportunity. I'm being, and maybe it does suck or maybe it doesn't or whatever it is. To see it as, okay, how can I grow from this? How can I make the most of this situation to accelerate me on my continuing journey of growing more, of becoming my most strong, actualized, loving, resilient, content self. And so this perspective of seeing the things that come into my life as acts of love, as signals of love, of how loved I am, of how supported I am, of how strong I am, has been a really profound choice. And it's a choice that's kind of come along with choosing to spend more time with the love in my heart. Choosing to be free. 
choosing to remind myself that I have choice feels like choosing to be free. Like remind, consciously reminding myself, I really do have freedom. I really do get to choose. That's been true with friendships that I've moved towards and deepened. It's been true with friendships that I've moved away from and let go of. It's been true with what I spend my time on, what I spend my money on. It's been true with where I've taken myself on adventures or not taken myself on adventures. And so remembering I have choice, remembering I'm free, that feels like such a powerful thing. And remembering that there's love here for me no matter where I go has been a really helpful thing to keep in my mind with that because I think when I let fear dominate my mind fear can talk me out of really standing in the truth that I'm free it can talk me out of doing what feels right because it says things like oh well you might lose the things that you need well what if this isn't there and what if people don't like you anymore or what if uh you lose the things that you have now and you can't ever recreate them. And what if people disapprove of it? Whatever it might be. And you probably have your own things that you flare up when you think about that, how fear talks to you. But remembering that fear is just a voice and it's not true. It's not love. And when I get quiet and I listen to my heart, I listen to love, I really hear that I do have choice, that I am strong, and that I can trust life no matter where I go. As long as I'm following my heart, I can actually really, really trust whatever comes my way. And moreover, I can trust that I can meet and face whatever comes my way. So it's this sense of, it really ties into choosing to be empowered. I feel incredibly empowered when I remember how free I am and I remember how, how well I'm, I can take care of myself and how well life can take care of me when I'm true to my heart, you know. And this last piece, choosing to take what's useful and leave the rest. This is something I... I know I've touched on in previous episodes, but I wanted to circle back to because I know that I have presented you all with lots of ideas of my own, uh, from my own experience. I've also presented you with ideas from different authors, Martha Beck, Matt Kahn. I think I've talked, I know I've talked about Marie Forleo. I may not, I haven't shared any excerpts from her books yet. Um, Louise Hay, I plan to share even more great authors and all of that. And I just want you to know that I care so much more about what's useful and helpful to you than I care about you agreeing with everything I say or agreeing with everything these authors say or any of that. There's no bandwagon to hop on here. <laughs> it is your own journey. It is your own wagon. And it's, I just want this to be what's most helpful and useful to you. So if there's anything I say or anything these authors say or just anything, outside of this podcast as well that doesn't feel like it is useful to you it doesn't feel like it resonates it doesn't it just doesn't feel good to you it doesn't feel good to your heart then forget about it like maybe it'll be useful in the future maybe it will never be useful 
you really get to be the driver. You get to be the captain of your ship. And I love that. And that goes back to, you know, choosing to be free and choosing your perspective, choosing how you move through all of this. And I love getting to emphasize that because to me, it just feels not only healthy, but it also feels exciting because I think the more each of us is living in a, in a deep connection with our hearts, the more unique beauty and variety we'll all be able to bring to life and the more truth and congruence we can all bring to life. And that, that's such a beautiful world. And we're creating it for ourselves and for each other the more we live in alignment with our hearts. And so I just wanted to really, really underscore that for you all. You get to take what's useful and leave the rest. You do not have to take on anything that doesn't resonate. And I think that that's a philosophy I've had for a long time. I think it's something I noticed my mom do with different teachers and even different health ideas and solutions or philosophies for how to raise kids or whatever. I just, I always noticed her being like, ooh, I like this and ooh, I like that and kind of taking on the parts she liked and then, but not getting bogged down with, oh, I have to agree with everything. She's like, no, no, there's wisdom here. And I like this part. I don't really, I don't, that's enough. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's really, that's something that I've done. And so that's part of like when I share these different books with you all, when I share these different authors, I haven't taken on everything that they say. I haven't taken on their whole, you know, cosmology, so to speak, or ideology. I just take on the parts that really feel good to me and that feel like they resonate. And to me, that perspective also feels like it's a note of abundance. I don't I don't need to live in the scarcity of, oh, this person said one good thing. I have to make the most of everything else they've said because I can't trust that there's other good things out there. There's other helpful things out there. I just ha- I found it here and I'm just going to just just drill down into it. No, there's so much insight. There's so many beautiful voices out there in the world that I really think we can trust ourselves to, to know what serves us when we hear it when we come into contact with it. And I think part of this love letter process for me in that year was cultivating even more trust for what I knew in my heart to be true. And I feel like that whole time helped me to be more congruent and more attentive and trusting of the messages I was receiving. And I was able to follow through with certain things and I do want to do an episode here soon where I kind of talk about that year and um I and what I feel like came from that time which I know I'm alluding to here and there with the emotional things but there's some practical things that happened along the way too that I want to share with you all so choice I feel like that was thorough I liked that that was fun to cover the second thing I wanted to cover was beliefs so beliefs, I think that ties into perspectives. And and I definitely have my own um, lens on all of this because the most that I've talked about beliefs in my life has been around uh, the beliefs that we hold internally about ourselves and about life, uh, more from a coaching perspective, really. 
the forms of coaching that I'm trained in are mostly tapping or EFT based, which uh, tapping, as I touched on before, is where you tap on these points on your body and it helps to send a calming signal. But there's all this work that you do in addition to that where you're exploring, that's more psychological, where you explore with clients, okay, what do you believe about this situation? Or maybe you had an experience as a kid and because of that experience, you you took a belief. Maybe it was a belief that an adult was presenting to you when you were a kid or a peer and now you're still carrying it into your current day reality does that belief support you does it not support you uh so i'm not really talking about religious beliefs here not really at all i'm i'm talking about the beliefs the the statements that we'll say of like oh more money more problems or you can't trust anybody or i'm not enough or i'll never be able to do that thing i really want to do because you know I, I just, I just can't, I, for some reason, I'm flawed. There's something wrong with me. I can't do the things I really want to do or whatever it might be, right? We have some beliefs are really clear and easy to name, you know, money is evil or whatever. Um, and then other beliefs are <clears throat> a bit more nuanced and I think, and harder to put into words. And sometimes those ones that are harder to put into words come from when we were really young, almost pre-verbal. They're things that we might've learned and picked up on from the people in our lives, our, our parents, our caretakers. And we can carry that with us into adulthood where it's this kind of squishy, foggy belief. And I think it's so powerful to question our beliefs. You do not need to believe everything you think. So often beliefs are strong and strongly held simply because they're the most familiar. They're something we've repeated. And there's this way that the more we hear something, the more we believe it. And so it can be really tricky because for some of us, some of the beliefs we hold are these really unhelpful, really unkind thoughts that we've thought so many times and that and then the brain does this thing where it's like not only did you think it so many times but then your brain's like let's go gather proof of how this is true this is what we call a cognitive bias right where your brain literally will seek out evidence to support whatever that belief is and so it goes through your, all your life experiences and kind of and, and looks for it in your current reality and your past and can even project it out into the future. Oh yeah, well if I did this and this and this and this might happen. And it can become really um, destructive in a certain way and it can cause a lot of suffering in our in our lives. And so I think looking at our beliefs, examining them and really, making conscious choices about the beliefs we hold about ourselves, whether it's our health, our finances, our ability to be creative, our ability to have a loving relationship, our ability to have work that we love, our ability to have a home that we love, whatever it may be, beliefs can help not only shape our internal experience and the feelings that we're having about ourselves and about life, but then by extension, they start to shape how we show up in life and what and what becomes real for us. Uh, you know, like, for example, if somebody believes that they uh, 
um, aren't worthy of making good money and they just, you know, their talents will never be recognized or they don't even have any talent or whatever the belief might be there. Um, they may not reach for the, the roles or the careers that would really bring them joy and let them shine. They might just keep themselves in jobs that they don't love and that they're like, ah, this is all I could do because I'm not that good and nobody, nobody will even recognize my greatness even if it was there. Um, so why try? You know, why bother? I think so often beliefs lead us to not trying, not expanding ourselves to explore and discover what's possible. And so if beliefs can create limitations for us, those are called limiting beliefs in the world of tapping and maybe even psychology too. I know in the world of tapping, that's really how we refer to them, limiting beliefs. And then, so there's limiting beliefs and then there can be empowering beliefs, believing that you can be resilient no matter what, that you can try and try and try again and that people who are the most successful have tried and failed. And so if you're trying and failing, you're on the right path, right? That's a belief. I just recently finished Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figureoutable, which I highly recommend. It's a very fun read. And it's also very, uh, very empowering, very uh, energizing. And she talks about how the phrase everything is figureoutable is a belief that she wants to instill in people because she finds that when people believe that everything is figureoutable they're so much more resilient they're so much more able to you know break things down into bite-sized steps no matter the issue whether it's that they're grieving the loss of a loved one and they have to figure out how to plan the funeral how to plan life after that person's gone or whether it's figuring out how to um, get a beautiful piece of art into the public eye when, you know, somebody doesn't know anything about publicity or any of that and how to break it down into steps. So that's a great example of an empowering belief. And on the note of empowering beliefs, this ties into something I said at the beginning. I've been doing the eight-day You Are Enough Challenge, which is in the Tapping Solution app. So that was a lot of things I just said there. You Are Enough is an empowering belief. That's the first thing I want to highlight, right? So many of us believe that we're either too much or not enough, or both, <laughs> right? A combination of both. I definitely can do the combination of both. Too emotional, uh, not, uh, gosh, yeah not resilient enough, not energetic enough, whatever it might be. There could be so many things. And I've been doing this one tapping meditation on releasing any, any feelings, any memories, any experiences that reinforce the idea that I'm not enough. And then opening up to and connecting with the truth that I am enough. I am enough no matter what. No matter what I do, I am enough. And to me, this belief really feels like a way of deepening the experience of feeling really held and really loved by life, by the universe, by God, if that word resonates for you. And... 
Nick Ortner, who is the CEO of The Tapping Solution, which is the company I work for, um, he's the one who wrote and recorded that meditation. And in it, he talks about how when you deeply feel that you are enough, that's when you follow through with the things that you care about. That makes it so much easier to make the healthy choices, to pursue the goals, to deepen those loving relationships, whatever it is. From that place of knowing you are enough, you take care of yourself in an even better way, which reminds you of something Louise Hay would say, I love myself, therefore I drink water every day. I get a restful night's sleep or whatever it is. I love myself, therefore, which is such a beautiful phrase. I recommend you all play with that journaling wise. So I've been doing this eight-day challenge, which is basically where in the app, I'm the content creation and content manager for the app, um, and people love this meditation so much. We released it as a session on its own initially over a year ago, I believe. Yeah. And gosh, yeah, maybe two years ago. I think it was out in 2019. And people loved it. People just loved it. It's longer, but it's so it's like... It was really the people who were like, I want to get in there and I want to really do this. <laughs> and one person in some of our groups, our Facebook groups, wrote in and said, I just completed eight days in a row of tapping along to this meditation. And I feel so incredible. I slept better than I've slept in so long. I just feel overcome with gratitude. These tears of joy are trickling down my face as I look out the window and I just feel so grateful to be alive and so grateful to be me and it was just such a beautiful post and we decided to create a quote-unquote challenge which is basically just where you know you're doing something for a certain number of days I think is how the world of self-help thinks of challenges (laughs) and so we decided to create eight days of tapping along with this meditation so that other people could you know try it out and see what see what comes from it and I've, you know, I helped get all that in place. I helped get it all coordinated and organized for the app. And I've heard so many great things from our customers and and from the team uh, about all of it. And I've tapped along to the meditation here and there, but I decided since we were running the challenge right there around my birthday, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it eight days in a row. And today was day six. And by the time this is out, I will have completed it. <laughs> the last day is on uh, Monday the 20th. And I feel so excited to have spent this time doing it and to really commit to doing it each day. And, oh my gosh, there's so many things I could say about it. I didn't necessarily think that I was carrying too much of a I'm not enough belief around in my mind or heart or body. But I was just curious to see how, how will I feel? How will I feel after I do this? And it feels like a very similar thing to the Love Letter Project is happening with it, where there's something about just showing up each day again and again. Eight days is a lot of days, you guys. <laughs> I've been like, okay, here we go. And it's like 16-ish minutes long. So it's not nothing, but it's also not your whole day. <laughs> and... I feel myself 
connecting with even more resilience, even more self-trust. There's just the sense of, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I feel like it's helped me to bounce back from some emotional moments that have happened in the past week or so with even more heart and more love. Like I feel like there's a way that when I when I free myself up from feeling insecure, then I can show up with even more love for the people in my life. And it makes it that much easier to move through conflict or or tension or anything. It's like when I feel full and whole and enough in myself, then I can really be there for the whole process. And I think part of it is that I'm crowding out the fear. I'm filling up so completely with love and with this deep sense of knowing that I'm enough and that I'm okay and that I'm doing my best that I crowd out those negative and hurtful thoughts and fears that can creep in. So it's beautiful. I'm grateful for it. I really am. And it's fun to get this opportunity to talk about tapping with you all because, and just to talk about my role more, you know, I, I have this podcast, which I love. I have a coaching practice where I do tapping with people along with, you know, just asking deep questions and exploring whatever is alive for someone. And I have my wonderful job working for the tapping solution and their app as the content creation and management gal (laughs) and it's awesome and I love that I get to be in this world of tapping and of helping people really remember that they are enough as well as many many other things tapping can be used for so many topics pain stress obviously that wasn't obvious already um financial stress, you know, there's just so, there's so much. It just goes and goes. (laughs) It's really great. So I'll put a question out to you all. What belief would you like to hold about yourself? Is there any belief that you think would make a profound shift in your life and help you to be more open to the things that you really care about? Uh, so maybe it's everything is figure outable. Maybe it's you are enough. Maybe it's something else. Is there any belief that you'd really like to instill in your heart and in your mind? And I know that I talked about how limiting beliefs can really be destructive and it can be good to question those and address those. And I also want to point out everybody has different ways that float their boats and work best for them. And so For one person, they may get a lot of value out of really releasing and addressing the limiting beliefs. And from that process, which is something I do with clients a lot, they'll get the insight of, oh my gosh, you know, what's actually true is this whole other beautiful empowering belief, right? And then we can spend time to deepen that and to integrate that. So often I find by releasing the negative or limiting belief, we can open up to the truer and more empowering belief. But if you don't want to go digging around (laughs) if 
for the what's what's the source, what's the root, how can I let go of this um, limiting belief? Another approach is also to do the the crowding it out approach, which I I like, where you basically just explore the empowering beliefs that you want. You you consciously choose, okay, what do I want to believe? And then you practice looking for evidence that that's true and filling yourself up with that. And then it can start to crowd out those other beliefs. Even if it's just that less of your brain power is going to proving those limiting or negative beliefs and more of your brain power is going towards proving and supporting the empowering beliefs. So there's many ways to go about all of this. And if you guys are curious about doing the You Are Enough Challenge yourselves, um, I know we promote it every once in a while. You can go to thetappingsolution.com to learn more about the app um, and and just what we do in general. I think if you get on our newsletter, then you'd hear about the next time we do the challenge. But the challenge always lives in the app. It's something you could do at any time. But we promote it every so often because it's really fun to have a whole group of people do it together. And I think there's prizes and things like that. Um, but if you're curious about the app, you're curious to spend more time and to do this tapping meditation of you are enough, you're welcome to. There's you, there's free trials. I believe that that session itself is free always. Um, so the Tapping Solution app, you can look it up in your app store. You can go online and see our website. You got options. <laughs> um, so moving on to the final item on my list. <clears throat> the rhythm of breathing in life. I just think that that was such a beautiful thing that I highlighted in the letter that I read at the beginning. Hellos and goodbyes, um, connection, disconnection, and even the way that I was naming how sometimes I can forget, and this is something I know I talked about a lot in the last episode, remembering. Remembering is part of life. It's like we get to come here and remember all the goodness, all the love. And so forgetting and remembering is something I noticed as a theme in this letter and the joy of coming back to myself, right? It's like I could kind of forget myself or disconnect from my heart and feel disenchanted with life. And then whenever I come back, whenever that may be, I'm greeted with so much warmth, so much love, so much kindness of, hello, you're back. Oh my gosh, we're so glad you're here. I think that this is a great, this is a great example um, and kind of a naming of what it feels like to come home in a deep way to your heart. It should feel good. It should feel good. It might be tender, right? There might be emotions there of, oh, the relief or, oh my gosh, I've wanted to feel this way for so long. There's like tears of joy, right? But the feeling is a beautiful one it's a it's an enjoyable one it's a positive easy yummy feeling and part of why I want to highlight that for you all is so you know like if it doesn't feel good if 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 the the things you're connecting with mentally or emotionally like if it's feeling funky if it's feeling heavy chances are you're not fully with yourself. Chances are you're caught up in a belief or a story or a perspective that's not fully true. And now I, 
I want to distinguish that uncomfortable feeling I'm describing that might mean that you're still stuck in a story from the uncomfortable feeling that could happen when we're trying on something new or when we've become so deeply steeped in a certain perspective that considering another one feels really foreign and really uncomfortable. And ah, that distinction is something I've asked myself about so many times. Like, how do you know when the fear or the discomfort is like a deeper knowing of, hey, this isn't right. I don't want to move in this direction. And how do you know when, when it's that you're just pushing up against an edge of discomfort where there's, there's opportunity for expansion, right? When is it a clear no and a, the, the, it's a sign, the discomfort is a back off and when is it a sign that it's just, it's just outside of your comfort zone? Which is it? Which is it? How do you know? And I think that that's something we all need to discover for ourselves. I'll let you know if I have any insights as I continue holding that question. Um, but I do find that if I can get quiet and still, and sometimes tapping really helps with this because it can calm my brain and my body, my whole nervous system down, and that allows me to be truly still. And then I'll ask myself whatever it is that's going on. I often find that I can feel what's really true. I can feel if it's, is it a no out of discomfort because it's outside of my comfort zone? Is it a no? So, and oftentimes if that's the case, it's actually a no that's kind of um, trying to mask over a yes. There's actually, there usually is a deeper calling and a yes beneath it. And like, for example, let me give, let me, let me ground this in an example. Starting this podcast, I could feel such a no, such a discomfort of like, ah, and I just like wanted to procrastinate. And I was like, mm, it's kind of, no, no, I don't, mm, not yet. And I don't know. And uh, I mean, I did that for a long time. And, and even as I was getting closer to it, but I got quiet and I really asked myself, do you want to do this or not? Like, Hey, we have choice. We don't have to do anything we don't want to do. What what do you really want when it comes to this? Do you want to do this or not? And I could feel the strength of the yes. It was such a big yes. And the no was just this part that's like, we're scared. And I was like, oh, okay. So it is a yes. Okay, so I will follow through with it, right? So that was really clear. Whereas sometimes if I get quiet and um, and I check in about something, Sometimes it's not even verbal. I just feel it as a really strong feeling in like my gut or my solar plexus of just heaviness. And sometimes I don't even know why it's a no. And sometimes I actually trust that more than when I have a clear, logical reason why I don't want to do something. If I feel a strong feeling in my body that's just like, "Mm, mm -mm," more and more I've learned that it's best if I trust that. And... Here I am. We'll see how it continues to unfold. So to bring it back to, (laughs) that was really a fun tangent, to bring it back to the rhythm of breathing in life, I think that remembering that everything ebbs and flows, including our own journey of how connected we feel with our hearts, right? How congruent we feel, that can ebb and flow. How much love we feel, that can ebb and flow. And 
I think there's something so sane about remembering that it's not a constant and that it's not a perfect, you know, angle upwards, moving always, the trajectory is always going up. It's like, no, it's breathing throughout. It's up and down. It's, it's ebb and flow. It's quiet and loud. It's all those all those contrasting parts. I'm really moving my hands a lot <laughs> to demonstrate this point. That's the natural rhythm of things. And there's beauty in that. There's beauty in going from tension to relaxation, right? We're designed to breathe in and out. We're designed to go through stress and then through relaxation. This is what our whole, our whole body, our whole mind and nervous system is built for. And so to remember how strong you are in the face of fluctuations and ebb and flow. And when things are feeling locked in and stuck, I think remembering ebb and flow, remembering breathing is a rhythm in life, not just our bodies. Remembering that and starting to look for where are the little movements? Where's the little bit of exhale and inhale happening in my life right now? Maybe, because maybe... In my mind right now, I'm picturing somebody who might feel stuck in like a depressive state or or just like like a slump of just mad. I just don't feel inspired. I'm just not. And if you're feeling really stuck, if you're feeling like you're stuck on autopilot or you're stuck in a mode that doesn't feel good, look for where there's movement. It may be slight, right? It might be subtle at first. But that that curiosity, right? That This belief, basically, I guess I'm realizing it is that life mimics breathing, that, that the rhythm of life is breathing on a micro and macro level. When you believe that, I think it allows us to hold our experiences lightly and it allows us to savor the goodness of the times we enjoy and to be resilient and kind of fortified in the times that are challenging knowing that everything changes everything passes everything is ebbing and flowing always and it may not look like it on the surface but no matter what you're always breathing right even even if you forget to breathe your body will still breathe you until it doesn't <laughs> which is another exhale so to speak right if being born is an inhale maybe dying is an exhale it's not an original thought. I've definitely heard that other places, but I love that idea. I think it's beautiful to see breath on a big level like that, as well as on the small level of, you know, the beating heart of a tiny mouse or whatever it might be. So we covered a lot today. We covered choice. We covered beliefs. We covered tapping. And we talked about the way that life has breath in it and that movement in and out, ebb and flow, inhaling, exhaling. I hope that you all enjoyed this time with me. This was a little bit of a longer episode. That's kind of fun. Ooh, getting juicy. If you want to reach out for anything, ideas, fun shares, cool experiences, whatever, this podcast has an email, love signals podcast at gmail.com that's love signals plural podcast at gmail.com it's linked in the session notes the episode notes and 
I'm so looking forward to recording more and connecting with you all more in the future. There's so much love here for you. I really believe that. And I hope that you all can feel it more and more each day as you breathe and live, wake up, go to sleep, <laughs> all of it. Enjoy your day. Thank you for spending your time with me.